drawn of God, sir. Thank you, Mr. Barton. Ken, known, known by most of us. And good afternoon to everyone here. It's, it definitely is a beautiful day. Anytime, I guess, when you get up our age, Lawrence and Maxine and Lucille and Larry and I and a few of the others, it's always a good day to be able to get up. It's a beautiful day, isn't it, Fred? <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, uh, I'll just comment just for a minute on what Ken said about California. I'm hoping that San Joaquin Valley is getting a good rain out of that, too. You know, here some time ago we gave a message on, you know, how dry it is out there, you know, almost a 500-year drought, almost. But anyway, yeah, we, we, we thank God for what we are getting and what they're getting, too. You know, I had going to ask a little bit of a question. I did kind of make a comment in our room back there about how many of our men out here, we were so privileged to have so many speakers here that, you know, we don't have to do this very often. And, uh, but how many, how many of you guys have had so much that you want to talk about, so many subjects, so many topics, and you just don't seem like you have enough time for it? And, then the time you start putting it all down, then it all changes. <laughs> and uh, but uh, if you want to, if anybody ever has to postpone their message, all they have to do is call Reg, and he's got one weeks in advance. I don't know how it just. Uh, I think maybe I, some of us should have went into teaching school. I don't know about Barney or Barnabas whether he has his that far ahead or not, but very well organized. You know, most of us in the churches of God don't grieve as many as much as a lot of the people in the world, you know, over death, even though we've definitely all had our share, and I understand we had another one, a good friend of ours, which will probably be brought up in the, uh, the uh, message, I mean, the announcements, but anyway, we don't, we don't grieve quite like they do, although we are sad, and, and uh, we know that we'll see them again, but basically, in, in a lot of the churches in the world even uh, grieve differently also than what we do because so many of them think God's losing the battle with you know some of these lost souls out here and and uh, you know and you, you say well they didn't didn't know the Lord or they had a certain lifestyle and and uh, anyway but they 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 grieve differently we know we'll see them again and sometimes just out of comfort We'll tell people, well, we know we'll see them again. And uh, they'll say, oh, yeah, I know. But what they really mean is, yeah, uh, you'll see them again in hell. <laughs> That's what they think. That's what they really think, you know. <laughs> what, what our intentions are, we're going to see them again under different situations. But they think, yeah, we'll see them again because we're going to be down there in hell with them. Some of us. But anyway. But today, I wanted to, and but we do have an understanding that so many people don't. And and by, uh, for the most part, us keeping the holy days keeps us in remembrance of God's plan, that he does have a plan, and uh, so it, it helps us. Today I want to discuss just a few of the many scriptures that show God is concentrating on just a few at this time. God is not tr losing the battle of the souls in this world as it looks like you know, from a worldly standpoint, God's losing a battle. You've got good and you've got bad. It looks like God's losing out. 
but we understand and we're thankful for the understanding that we have. And uh, like I mentioned in the meeting in there a while ago, this may end up being more of a sermonette than a, than a split sermon. If you'll turn with me now, we'll go to the New Testament, uh, uh, John 6 chapter, something that we read a great deal, uh, especially during Passover time when we have our Passover services, but I'm going to uh, uh, dwell on a little different aspect of it. John 6 chapter and verse 30, and I'll read quite a bit, but I'll read 30 through 34 probably first of all. And sometimes I read a little more than what I really need to to get the words out that, you know, I want to talk about. But a lot of times I like to have the context down and, and uh, get a little bit of a flow. John 6, chapter, and verse 30. <clears throat> Breaking in to a thought. They said, therefore, unto him, what sign show you, uh, show you them that we may see and believe you? What do you, what dost you work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Verse 34. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes unto me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father gives me shall come unto me. Remember, God, he says, what the Father gives to me shall come to me, and him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. So I'm implying that God has given you and me to Christ. He has given us to him, and he will in no wise cast you out, and he will not cast me out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should rise, raise it up again at the last day. So we do have comfort in that. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 41. Then, no, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread of, which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Murmur not among yourselves. Verse 44, pay particular attention to this. No man can come to me, or no woman either, 
is like what preacher I heard here a while back says, you know, this is a generic term. When he says man, he means woman too. He means the women too. No man or woman can come to me except, except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. I'm going to take a little bit of time to dwell a little bit on a couple of these words. I'm not going to try to bore you with a whole lot of statistics and Greek and Hebrew and all that, but I do want to take a few of them. And that word draw, and most of you or most of us here are familiar with the strong concordance numbers and the Greek and the definitions and all that, so I'm going to refer to number, New Testament number 1670. And, uh, and then, of course, they, if you're familiar with looking in the concordance there, the dictionary part of it, you, you see how, how difficult some of these words are for us Okies to pronounce. Maybe, maybe New Yorkers can do it better. Californians talk real well, but here in Oklahoma, I think most of us have a problem. And they do break it down. They do give you the phonetic sound of it, and they spell it differently so we can understand it. So to make a long story short, or I'll just make a long story long, H-E-L-K-U-O, then parentheses, H-E-L-K-O-O dash O, or if you want to get down to it, Helko, H-E-L-K-O, Helko. That's the Greek word for draw. Probably akin to New Testament number 138. And as Reggie explained here a few years ago, a lot of these words will have a base maybe in another word, another Greek word or another Hebrew word, and they'll have a base on that. And sometimes they, they have, uh, the, the base can help it to be a little stronger. Sometimes it can just lean a little bit, of, uh, learn a little bit of credibility to it. But in the New Testament 138, now listen to this, to drag, the word has a connotation of drag. Literally or figuratively, draw. None can come to me except the Father drag him. Now, a lot of people, when you say this, and I've been in discussions with other people that, that uh, take an exception of, to my view of it, and, and they, they get the idea that I'm trying to tell them, well, you don't have any, any, any say-so. This is already predestined, you know, and I'll read a verse here in a little bit too. And they'll say, well, that just sounds like no one has... Uh, has any responsibility. God's got it sewn up. He called you and you don't have a choice. You're going to be there. That's not what it is saying. There's many other scriptures and I'm not going to take the time today to get into them. You know, I like to save some of my scriptures as some of you do too and a lot of salesmen do too. They like to save a little bit for the objections later, you know, when people come up and you know, if you're trying to sell something, you know, when Lawrence was in sales, you know, he didn't give them the whole shooting mac right up front. And when the sale got a little harder, well, you know, this also comes with that package, you know. You're going to go to heaven with, no, <laughs> the package. But anyway, but there, there are a lot of other scriptures and, and there are a lot of uh, uh, so-called contradictions a lot of people will try to use. But this is a word that... That, that has a little more of a connotation to it than, oh, won't you come? Won't you come to the Lord? He's dragging them. And it's also, <clears throat> excuse me, from another word. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, I think you compare it with number 1667. 
and that word is Heliso, H-E-L-I-S-S-O, from the a form or a form of the New Testament 1505. So you know, you, sometimes you can run around in circles, and sometimes you go too far. It really has nothing to do with it, so you can do that. But one of the connotations to that is to coil or wrap. It's kind of like an octopus, you know, with all the te uh, tentacles out here, and they'll coil wrap around, or uh, or like uh, Buffalo Bill or Antioche with their whip, you know, and they pop that whip out there and wrap it around and take the guy's gun out of his hand or whatever. Well, you know, it also has a connotation not only of drag, but the wrap, you know, coil and wrap it around and drag you in. And when we look and see where God has, in certain people, really was very um, aggressive about his call to them to, to, to this way of life. And the word accept, accept the Father draw him. Uh, it has some other words, but I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. I'll just be brief on it. Uh, from New Testament 14... Uh, uh, 37 and 3361 uh, if not unless okay before but except if no if plus whatsoever not but anyway it, it, it has the uh, connotation that, it, that it's an exceptional thing you know that it, it won't happen unless kind of like Lawrence said a lot of times that little small word if uh, I'm going to turn over now just, well, no, I'm going to go ahead and continue in John chapter 6. I'm going to go down to uh, 45 and read down, look like about to the end of the chapter. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that has heard and has learned of the Father comes to me. And, and there are a lot of scriptures, and I've heard a lot of ministers talk and, and uh, take a total contrary view of what I'm saying. And, uh, uh, and some of them, some of the scriptures you have to really look at and say, is that really, really what that's saying? The same way you have to say the same thing with me. But anyway, uh, not, not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the bread, or I am the living bread which come, came down from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. The bread that I will give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And, and this, like I said, this is very familiar. We hear this every year, Passover, and, which is great. The Jews, therefore, strove among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Verse 54, Whoso eat my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? A lot of things that we even say to a lot of people is a hard saying. Who can, who, who, who can hear this? Who can believe it? When, is, when Jesus knew in himself that the disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and should betray him. Verse 65. And he said, Therefore I said, I unto you that no man or woman can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who say, well, uh, he's calling everybody right now. This, this word's available. It's on the radio. It's on TV. It's on the printed press. Uh, if you look in the pornography in, in a Playboy or something, it may even show up there. I don't know. <laughs> I heard someone say one time, well, I'd just read it for the articles. <laughs> But anyway, no, no telling where you're going to hear that. People, people are saying, well, God is calling everybody right now. And, and we know uh, by reading the scriptures, and, and it's not my purpose here to get so in-depth in it. But if anybody has a problem later, you know, I'll be glad to talk to you about it. If I can't fully under, uh, answer your question, I'll pull up our, uh, Lawrence or Steve or Barnabas, and, you know, and they'll, they'll, they'll correct you. Uh, 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. That was a hard saying. Then said Jesus to the twelve, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we believe, and, and just kind of as a side, here's, here's Peter again speaking up. This really doesn't have a lot to do with that, but it's just kind of an aside because so many times Peter speaks up too. And uh, another particular time, and, and I really thought about going there before I ever got in on this, uh, when, when Peter spoke up again and told Jesus, you know, they asked him, well, who do men say I am? And then Peter said, you are the son of the living God, da 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 and all that. And, and he said, well, you're Peter, and upon this rock, you know, I started to give a message on that and go a little further. I've done it in the past. But anyway, but, but Peter is, is pretty rambunctious, you know. He, he I'm not saying he opens his mouth. He, he, he's not afraid to open his mouth and, and say his part, even if he's wrong. But anyway, uh, Peter answered him. And we believe and are sure that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, 
have not I chosen you twelve? And some would say, well, he just chose them. He did not choose anybody else. Uh, you don't want to listen to all the concordance-generated scriptures we have that have proved otherwise. You don't want me to do that. Uh, have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you have a devil? He spoke of Judas Esachrat, the son of Simon, for he was... Uh, that should betray him being one of the twelve. So I, I read a lot that I didn't need to, but I, I felt like it would be good to keep it in a context. Um, I'm going to go over a few pages, and cause, like I said, most I didn't say it today, but most of my scriptures uh, I'm going to try to keep down here pretty close so we don't have to turn a long ways. Uh, so I don't have to turn a long way, put it that way. I'm going to put so many book markers in here, and, and uh, it's pretty good with uh, Brian back there. He can keep up pretty quicker than I can turn for sure. John, the 12th chapter, and uh, like about 37, John 12, verse 37. I'm having to read off the Bible today, and these bifocal, whatever things they are, in my age, the, I like, to, like I said here a while back, I like to print it up about that big, but it takes so many pages to do that. And John 12 and verse 37. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Elijah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because that Elijah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. And there's a lot of controversy over that verse. Uh, uh, people will tell you, and, and part of it's true, and I'm not going to say some of it's not, that uh, God did harden a lot of people's heart. And in, in some cases, because Israel was so sinful, they didn't want to repent, and, uh, and he sent them basically into captivity, and, and we know the, the long story that he's grafting them back in later on. But there, there's a lot of uh, 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 contrary thoughts on that. These things said Elijah when he saw his glory and spoke of him. I'll make sure where I'm going to go. Okay. Uh, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogues. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And, and we have all, or a lot of us anyway, know even ministers in the world that know and understand a lot of what we understand, but and, and some of them will say, well, I can't preach that, but God lose my congregation. And uh, so they, they, won't, they won't preach, you know, some of our basic doctrines. Going over now to, uh, let me see if I can. John 15, just in my Bible, just a little ways over, uh, just one verse. John 15 and verse 16, Jesus speaking here again. You have not chosen me, but I 
have chosen you. God has chosen all of you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And we had a message just not long ago. Was it your Sean that made a comment about the uh, when you have the uh, uh, the gifts and that uh, that you multiply, you know, and some of them dug their ditch and all that and dug their hole and didn't do that. Uh, I got to listen to his on the uh, internet the other night. Uh, got it posted. Fran and I were out of town, and and uh, anyway, good thing about our boys back there, our men back there, that in the recording booth uh, we. Uh, we don't always miss a lot of stuff. Maybe a week or so before we get it, but we we do get it. And anyway, good message, Sean. I appreciated that. But anyway, that uh, he ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And then like Sean said, you know, some some gain five times, some uh, ten times, or whatever. But anyway, and I think all of us, most of us, are bringing forth fruit. I I can probably look out at everybody out here I know, and, and if I've known you any length of time, uh, I think you've developed fruit. I, I see a lot of fruit out here. You know, if I look fruit trees, you know, and, and some of it is pretty ripe. You know, uh, <laughs> I could could be sarcastic, say some of you are green persimmons. <laughs> if, if you've ever eaten a green persimmon, <laughs> but you probably think that about me. <laughs> Anyway, bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And that's one thing we're concerned about, and some of our speakers recently have, have mentioned that. You know, we need to be sure, make our calling sure, and, and, and make sure that our fruit remains and even increases. That whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. We're working our way back to the back of the Bible, over to... Uh, Oh, well, I've skipped. Okay. Romans. I thought I was further ahead than I am. I've got to speed up. Roman, Romans 8 chapter. My sermon ed is turning into a sermon. Uh, Romans 8 chapter and verse 26. Twenty-six through 30. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, and we've read this many a time, I have too, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, there's that called word, according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, and you do have a choice, even though God knew us and he's called us and put us where, in the body of Christ where he wants us, is, uh, I think that was your message, Sean. But anyway, uh, uh, we, we still have a choice to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate them he also called, and whom he called them he also justified, and whom he justified them also, or he also uh, glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Real quickly, we're going back, uh, or going towards the end, over to First Corinthians, first chapter, 
1 Corinthians, first chapter and verse 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Solothes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that are in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God, my God, always on your behalf for the grace which God has given you by Jesus Christ. And, and I think we thank God for each of us, too. I thank God for all of you people out here that we have a, a brethren to fellowship with and to encourage and to, to pray for us that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of, your, of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you, shall, that, that you be perfectly joined together, as mentioned in the message I referred to, joined together in the body, uh, in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are in the house of Chioti, another Navajo name, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say that every one of you said, I am a Paul, I am a Paulus, I am a Cephas, I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, let us, lest any should say I have baptized in my own name, and I baptized also the household of Stephanias. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of, of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the, for the, preaching of the cross to them is, that perish the foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made the foolish of wisdom, foolish of the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified and, the, and to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to them which are called both called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. 
For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, and uh, the last words on that verse are called, uh, in a lot of your Bibles they're in parentheses, which means it was not necessarily in the original text, but uh, they, the translators put it in there for clarity. Sometimes it's very well justified, sometimes it's not. Uh, I'm not going to get into that particular word in this particular time, but uh, we all have said for many times, you know, many, not many wise are called, but I'll just leave that part up to you for your own argument. But verse 27, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. And we could go on and on about this particular part here, but I don't have time. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, of whom God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. Verse 7, I'm going to go real quickly now over to Revelation 17. Revelation 17, verse 14. These and we're breaking into a thought here, and you, most of you know where we're talking over to end time and, and revelation. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So, brethren, in, con- in conclusion, uh, conclusion <laughs> I can't even get that word out, uh, Let us be continually grateful for the understanding that we have given by God. God has given us the understanding. And hopefully we can be instrumental in in, uh, conveying this good news to other people. Hopefully we can to the world and perhaps God will draw and in some cases uh, even drag others out of this world and be a part of the first resurrection with us.